0: Hello, and welcome to the Sound Up Seattle podcast, where your hosts, Tyler Cartwright
1: and John Kerry, I didn't know you were waiting for me, Uh,
0: love to talk about our Seattle sports teams, and uh, today we've got a very interesting episode for you, and very exciting, we think it's going to be good in kind of the the low, uh, granted the Mariners had a great win last night as we record this on the 27th of June. Um, but in general, there's not a ton going on in terms of Seattle sports right now, so we figured we were to record a little little special for you guys. John, you want to give them a little little taste of what it could be?
1: Ooh, I'm excited! Uh, we're doing something a little off off the cuff. Normally, we you know more of a news-based organization with the same reputation as <laughs> CNN or any other questionable news source. Um, but today, we're doing something a little more fun. Today, we're doing a draft of the greatest. Figures in Seattle sports history. Any professional sports allowed. I've got a couple curling professionals on my list for sure. Um, and basically, the rule is it's a combination between greatness of the individual player and effect on the city of Seattle. How much you know we connected with this person. So that makes it a little interesting, you know. Uh, uh, for example, I don't think this guy will make... We're each drafting eight players, so keep that in mind. It'll be the top 16, essentially. So I don't think this guy will make the list, but a good example would be Sean Kemp. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily an unbelievable player. Like, a good player, for sure, but nothing, like, super special. Mm-hmm. But did have a pretty big effect on the city of Seattle, even to this day. Helping supply the people with their herbal needs. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of an example, you know, I, that guy probably slots in more like 20 or 25 or... 20. I don't, I
0: can't tell if he's fucking
1: with me right now, but oh, we'll please, see, we'll see. Please draft chunk I'm, <laughs> I'm thanking you. Um, that's kind of the whole thing. Uh, I guess before we get going, let's uh, let's hear our boys, cavity Picnic.
0: All right, everybody. Let's let's just kind of get right into it. So the way that the draft is going to work is we're just going to go back and forth. There's no snake draft. Whoever gets first pick gets first pick, and it's just going to go one, two, one, two. Um, so, John, I've got a little coin flipping uh, Google web app to use. Uh, do you want heads or tails? We're not
1: but we want to be, so we don't flip <laughs> actual coins. Uh, tails never fails. Give me tails.
0: It was tails. So. Do you want the first pick? You get to choose if you want the first pick or the second.
1: I do want the first pick.
0: Okay. And and with that,
1: we're off. The reason that I want the first pick is there's one player, one figure in Seattle sports history for which there is no alternative. Um, If you look MLB or NFL or NBA, any player you pick, there's another guy that you could at least argue, and we'll get into those. Um know exactly who you're going for. <laughs> there's one player in mine that stands completely alone on top of the mountain, and that is Sue Motherfucking Bird! <laughs> um, that's tough. You know, I she's obviously, she deserves to be there just based on her own merits. Widely considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, WNBA player ever. Um, an absolute stud of a stud. I pulled up real quick. Uh, she helped the U.S. win world championships in 2002 through 2010, 2014, and 2018, and wore, won four consecutive gold medals in 2004, 2008, 2012, and 2016. So that's four world championships, four consecutive, Envy, or four consecutive Olympic gold medals. She also won four WNBA <laughs> championships. That's 12 championships. That's more than Bill Russell. Um, I'm not sure what else there is to say.
0: She played 19 seasons only in Seattle. Ugh. Like, she was immediately in 2002, began her career with Seattle and ended it in 2022 and retired then,
1: all for Seattle. That's cool. You know, I didn't know that she played for Seattle her entire career. Yeah. I guess I associate her with UConn, obviously, where she went to school. But, and I, you know, obviously she is a spark, but uh, pretty crazy that uh, she was there the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at her stats, too. She has the most assists ever in the WNBA, the most all-star appearances ever with 13. She has the most minutes played ever, um, third in steals, seventh in points. Uh, in her final season, she had a 1,000 free throw, per- or 100% free throw percentage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> An absolute monster.
0: Um, yeah, she's a amazing, amazing person, figure for Seattle sports, and yes. just like... Yes, role unequivocally, model. I think the number one pick. I would have picked her if I went first. Yeah, um, which is crazy to say because there are not a lot to be mean, my... but there's not going to be many more women on this
1: on this list. Well, and WNBA as well. You yeah, know, not not always getting the same viewers and whatnot as the NBA. Uh, I also considered a lot of other people go first, just in terms of like national acclaim. Mm-hmm. But it, it has to be Sue. It yeah. Just it just has to be. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm glad I got the first pick. Were you? Were you would have taken her one. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought you were going to let her slip to two, and I was going to be very excited. But I was glad to lock her down. No.
0: Um, okay. So that makes my my first pick. Um, and I guess we'll sum up the teams maybe at the halfway point, and then at the end, um, just so we're kind of giving you the rundown. Good call. Um, but my first pick is going to be probably the most recognizable player. Um, for this team I think ever like if you think of this sports franchise for Seattle this is who you think of um he played with his dad Ah. (laughs) he played uh oh let me find it he played what is that 9 11 with the comeback seasons 11 seasons with Seattle um was the rookie of the year or one an MVP um and just you know was an all-star for what is that 8 of the first 9 seasons he was with Seattle that would be Ken Griffey Jr.
1: That's it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Argument that he he could have gone one um an absolute monster.
0: Yeah, coming back after John's computer almost died just now. <laughs> um I just picked Ken Griffey Jr as my number one pick. He really just wanted to throw off my momentum. I understand. Um for his career, Ken Griffey Jr. played 22 years. I also lied, he played 13 years in Seattle. Um, for his career, which was 22 years long, he had a 284 batting average, a 370 on base percentage, and a 538 slugging with a 907 OPS. Um, in Seattle, he had 292 uh, with a slugging of 553 and an on base percentage of 374. He had 630 home runs. I don't know where that is all time, but I believe it's top 10. Um, he had. Oh, what is that? Let me do some quick math. That is almost twenty eight hundred hits. So he's almost part of the three thousand hit club, um, and really just like the iconic figure of the nineties and two thousands for the people of baseball. I think like he is the most recognizable Seattle sports star. I think across the world, when you think of baseball from the two thousands, you think of Ken Griffey Jr. doing the home run derby with the with his hat backwards. And just like that's that like electric smile, um, and just just a great figure um, to represent Seattle for, for all those years.
1: Okay, so great pick, great pick. Real argument that he should have gone to. Um, well, he did go to. I, I the thing about <laughs> the thing about Sue Bird is you can only gush. There's literally nothing negative to say about her. Um, not that there's anything negative to say about Ken Griffey Jr. But if somebody was going to counter argue, I think they would say that. Ken Griffey was such just like kind of a icon of the sport that I think in a lot of ways he's not as associated with Seattle as you might think because he was such a big deal people just kind of think of him as like this otherworldly MLB player that isn't necessarily as associated with the team in the same way obviously people of Seattle love Ken Griffey um absolutely love him but uh You know, he kind of belongs to everybody, you know, he was so good and so electric. He kind of belongs to the MLB at large.
0: Well, I understand that. I think if you're from Seattle, who the people that that listen to this podcast, this is mostly directed towards, to be honest,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're from Oregon, just stop
0: (laughs) or even, you know, Washington, uh, He's just, like, the guy that you think of when you think of Mariners baseball. He's got um, a statue You think of the right double, the front, and yeah. even though Edgar Martinez hit the double, you think of Ken Griff Jr.'s, like, slide into home plate. You think of him, like, at the bottom of that pile.
1: Um, Don't say Edgar's name. He'll, we'll talk about him later. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. sure
0: we'll talk about him later. Um, let me just give you some of the career highlights so that I can recount them for you. 13-time All-Star, American League MVP in 1997 for the Mariners, uh, Ten-time Gold Glove Award winner, seven-time Silver Slugger, uh, four-time American League Home Run leader, uh, an AL RBI leader in 97 when he won the, uh, the AL MVP, and he has his number retired for the Mariners. Um, and I think just like, there's just yeah a lot of iconic moments with Ken Griffey Jr. playing for the Mariners. He's part of that 2001 squad, I believe. Did I did I remember that correctly? He, he must have been. Yeah. Um, No, he wasn't. He was in Cincinnati, actually. You're kidding. No, yeah. He wasn't even part of that squad. But, um, yeah, still, I think the most iconic figure in at least Mariners,
1: if not Seattle sports history. That's, That's a good take. It's a good take. Just an interesting thing that, you know, you are right. A lot of iconic moments, a lot of big moments. But I do think the resounding image of Ken Griffey Jr. in the mind of society is him hitting dingers with his hat backwards at the home run derby. Yeah. Just kind of funny. Not typically where you think of the greats having their greatest moment, but I do think that's what he's most remembered for. Um, fantastic. Love the pick. Um, man, I'm in a tough spot here. I've already got the icon of the city plus massive talent combo in Sue Bird. I think I'm going to have to lean a little bit in one direction or the other. I think you're right on Ken Griffey. I think he's the other true Mount Rushmore of his sport that's also a Seattle guy. Mm-hmm. I think Sue and Ken did have to go one and two for that reason. And now it's like, okay, do we take guys that are a little more of a, of a city guy or a little more of a great? Um, I'm going to thread the needle as best I can here and take... The greatest left-handed pitcher in the history oh, of baseball. I don't even have this guy on my list. You don't have Randy <laughs> Johnson on your list? No. You have Sean Kemp on your list and not Randy Johnson. No. He didn't even go to the Hall of Fame as a Mariner. Uh, that is correct, but... I understand
0: the pit. Like, great, great player, great guy. But he, I don't have him on my list. He's he not a Mariner. He mariner.
1: eight years for the Mariners. <laughs> he is the Mariners' best pitcher of all time. And I know who you are going to pick later. And uh, and I'll have a response to that as well. It'll be interesting to see how many of these are Mariners. I, they'll probably be six or seven, I reckon. Um. Anyway, I'm not going to talk, spoil... Talk to me
0: about the big unit.
1: I'm not going to spoil your Mariners pitcher that you'll pick later. But uh, Randy Johnson is one of like the four best pitchers in the history of the MLB. And he played almost a decade at Seattle. He's a career 101 wins above replacement. 303 wins in his career, 166 losses, had a 329 career ERA, obviously much lower in some of his best seasons. Um, 4,135 innings pitched. That's a lot of innings. Uh, Five-time Cy Young winner. Five-time Cy Young winner. Uh, 10-time All-Star, World Series MVP in 2001 when he won it with the Diamondbacks, um, and four-time ERA champion. Uh, The guy was a machine. The guy was just just simply a machine. Uh, I still think, to this day, the pitcher I would want more than any other. Uh, Not just because of his greatness, but also the fact that he's a lefty. uh, The greatest left-handed pitcher of all time has value in and of itself. Um, And a Seattle icon. Obviously, he never won it here. It's tough seeing him win in two thousand one while the greatest Mariners team of all time uh, struggled. Um, we would have liked him on that team, but I love Randy Johnson. I've always loved him. Uh, to be honest with you, I the first baseball I really remember watching was the two thousand one World Series. I remember watching. My dad was a big Diamondbacks fan because he grew up in Arizona. Um, I remember watching that series against the Yankees and just hating the Yankees' guts and also not really being aware of 9-11 and not really understanding that the world was kind of pulling behind New York. I was like, yeah, screw the Yankees! Uh, And being pretty psyched uh, when the Diamondbacks won. So, uh, yeah. That's a pick for Seattle. It's a pick for the sport of baseball. And most importantly, it's a pick for me. Give me the big unit.
0: I I like that pick. Um, Really a huge fan of the fact that two... Mariners go in the top three. That's uh, that's great to see. I think what it is is, you know, the Seahawks didn't really come around until later. Correct. And the Sonics are have, have been gone. So the Mariners have been the, like, everlasting
1: presence besides Absolutely. the Storm. And, you know, yeah, it's been two of the top three. I bet you we get another two in the next three or four. Yeah. Uh, some big names coming. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm taking Randy.
0: Oh, man, you're making this tough on me, dude. Um... But I think I'm going to do this, mainly so that I can claim that I made this pick at number two for me. Um, I think he's just like, when, when you think
1: of the Seahawks. No, don't do it.
0: <laughs> you think of, there's one specific play that you think of with this guy. Oh, uh, God damn it.
1: <laughs> I, I should have taken him. I should have taken him three.
0: Um, yeah, you had Randy Johnson whenever you wanted, to be honest. Uh. Um, but... You think of this guy because, first of all, his longevity as for his position. um, You think of him as just one of the most fun interviews of all time. Stop teasing us. (laughs) And created one of the loudest noises ever in professional sports to happen. I think it's it's at least probably top five. But we're going to go with uh, Marshawn Lynch.
1: Marshawn Lynch, son of a gun. So when I was talking about greatness versus team guys... He was right on top of that list. Yep. Um, Obviously, the greatest running back in Seattle football history, and and a really great running back. Not one of the all-time greats, but had a peak to his career that lasted longer than you would think. And he never had one of those crazy, like, LaDainian Tomlinson seasons. But he just seemed to keep doing it for, like, six or eight years, which is unusual for the positions. I'm sorry. I'm stepping on your guy.
0: No, you're good. Yeah. You're just, you know, helping me out. Yeah. So he he played for Buffalo for the first three and a half seasons of his career. And then he came to the Seahawks and played from the middle of 2010 all the way through 2015, where he had his initial retirement as a Seahawk, Um, which he still had more left in the tank. But those last four years, he had 1,200 yards, almost 1,600 yards, 1,250 and 1,300 yards scored 12 11 12 and 13 touchdowns and during that time the Seahawks won the Super Bowl um, and he's obviously you know everybody says he's the guy that if you hand that other ball off to in this yeah. they win another one yeah and I think he was just like the the emotional heart everybody's you know the Legion of Boom is obviously a big part of that but he was the emotional heart of like I feel like Seattle fans when you root for that team you were like because you want to root for offense. You know? Yeah, that's like who you root for. And Russell Wilson, you know, as great as he was and will say still is, um, <laughs> he, uh, he was not the face. He was, he was young, and Marshawn was there. And he kind of was there when they were bad and brought them to where they were good. And
1: carried them all throughout carried them. the run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting, too, talking about that is, you're right, it was it was the Legion of Boom. That's what it was. It was a defense-first, aggressive, physical team. But And Seattle loved that so much, and believe it or not, we'll have at least one member of the Legion of Boom <laughs> make our lists before the end. But the fact that our offense, which was a running the football offense, featured the most physical, like in-your-face aggressive running back in the NFL to pair with our defense, it was just so fun to watch. Those teams were just just so physical. I felt so bad for other teams on game day, man. They just... They were just throwing their bodies around, which made it all the more impressive when you think about it, that he had the kind of longevity that he did. Exactly. He had, his last couple years on Buffalo, he was really good. And those was full five years for us. He was a workhorse, tons of, tons of rushing attempts, tons of hard runs, hard tackles and really good longevity. He was not missing a lot of games up until the end there. So I love Marshawn and was yeah. really considering taking him. Above Randy Johnson, who once again is the greatest left-handed pitcher in the history of baseball. So uh, that's a, that's a city pick. There, uh, you're beating me out currently in the uh, in the city debate.
0: One, one more note on Marshawn. I think he made the sale of Skittles increase by at least a thousand percent during his time <laughs> with Seattle. Skills. He was good for Skittles. Um, yeah, just one of the one of the greats when you think yeah. of Seattle sports figures.
1: And and I think it's fair to say. I hope I don't sound like an idiot. I think this is true. The single most iconic moment in Seattle sports history was the Eastquake. It was an unbelievable play. Ridiculous in a huge moment in a playoff game against Mm -hmm. New Orleans. What he did, maybe Barry Sanders could have done in that moment. And that is it. Just an absolute freak play.
0: When you think about it, He did it twice. There were two, like, beast quake moments. But the second one was... The second one wasn't as good, but it was still, like... Yeah, absolutely.
1: Crazy. Um, And just, yeah, all the other other players, even the ones who have won championships, you're talking about, you know, Ken Griffey hitting dingers in the home run derby. It's not the same. You're right. Like, it was in Seattle, which is not a super loud stadium in terms of how it's constructed. Like, it releases noise. Like, Kansas City, that stadium... You know, it's, like, neck to hold and noise, so they get really loud there, too. But yeah. in Seattle, for them to <laughs> set seismographs off, uh, I think that might be the greatest Seattle sports moment ever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, nice pick. I like Thank it. You. Uh, I think I'm going to stick to the sport uh, and get... Because there are other guys other guys to get, but I want to get one for the old heads. and oh, an old head and make an argument, I think a legit argument, that you not only did not pick the best and most important offensive Seahawk, or sorry, Seahawk of all time, but not even the best offensive Seahawk of all time, uh, I'm taking Steve Largent. That's a good pick. And that's, that's tough for Gen Zers like Tyler to understand because they didn't watch him play to be honest it didn't even come up on google when i searched famous seahawk players you know <laughs> that is literally impossible steve largent when he retired was considered by some to be the greatest wide receiver in the history of the nfl yes yes when he retired in 1989 he held career records for receptions yards touchdowns consecutive games with a reception 50 catch seasons and 1000 yard seasons the man was a machine. He was consistent, the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL until, uh, until uh, what's his name? That San Francisco joker, Jerry Rice, showed up. Um, I wasn't sure if you were just going to try and not mention his name. Or... <laughs> I, I was, I was. Steve Young was the only name coming to my head. It's like, nope, Steve Young was not a receiver. Um, anyway, as far as I know, he also played his entire career with the Seahawks. I don't have his full stats in front of me. Uh, yeah, fourteen seasons with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so not only he played, also twice as many seasons with the Seahawks as Marshawn Lynch. Almost three times as many seasons than Marshawn Lynch uh, was at the time. Once again, we've had a lot of great receivers come since 1989. But in 1989, when he was retired, was considered one of the best, if not the best ever, uh, and was the you know most popular Seahawk. Maybe until Marshawn Lynch, you know, and the old heads remember, you know, the old heads love Steve. So that's it for the old heads. I don't have a ton more to say about him. I didn't watch a ton of Steve Blargent because I was negative eight when he retired. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I got him. I probably, like you, a yeah, uh, uh, proponent of recency bias would have taken Marshawn over him if, as well. Uh, maybe Steve Largent's the right pick, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think in terms of history and historical significance as a Seahawk, in 100 years... You might not remember well you'll remember marshawn lynch but in terms of how they'll have impacted the city of seattle i think largen might actually edge marshawn out that's that a very
1: good point when we're looking back on it yeah he, we're still we're still in the glow of marshawn yeah he career. retired
0: four years ago like yeah. he still still feels like he's around he's still doing interviews and stuff like that correct um steve largen is a, a great pick at was that your third pick that was my third pick third pick he was
1: 511 dude he was a Tiny little guy out there just making plays. God, I love Steve Largent. Yeah, that's my third pick. Keeping it NFL.
0: I almost made a Kendrick Perkins-like statement just now, but I'm not going to do that yet. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Um, Okay, for my third pick, I think I have to go back to my team that I feel like I represent on this podcast Um, and just go with one of... One of the greatest players of all time, Uh, and there's really not much else to say. He's the leader in Major League Baseball hits ever, if you include his years in Japan.
1: Which would not make him the leader in MLB hits, but that's okay.
0: Well, he's the leader in hits in baseball, we'll say that. He's the, I would say, in my humble opinion, probably the second best hitter of all time behind Tony Gwynn. that's a hot take. I know, that is, that is a, but a he has statement of a statement. With, with the combination. He came here when he was twenty seven. He's a rookie at twenty seven, and he had, I believe, he had three thousand hits after that, which is crazy.
1: Guy's awesome. Guy's <laughs> awesome. And and maybe sorry, I haven't even said his name.
0: Yeah. Ichiro Suzuki. We're gonna go with Ichiro Suzuki.
1: And maybe the most beloved Seattle sports figure in terms of like, he's a great example of what Ken Griffey didn't have. Ichiro was an amazing hitter and got the accolades, but he was not, like, a country-famous player the way that... Well, in the U.S. No, correct, correct. <laughs> but he wasn't as famous in the U.S. as, like, Ken Griffey was. So we really felt like he was ours. Yes. You know, and still to this day, still really feel like he was ours. We're going to pretend those Yankee seasons never happened. Um, yeah, go ahead. He's your guy.
0: Yeah, so... Just some some stats for you. He had three thousand eighty nine hits in Major League Baseball. I believe he had somewhere around twelve hundred um, in the NPB, the Korea not Korean Japanese league that he played for. Um, seven time, or sorry, ten time All Star for the MLB, seven time All Star for the NPB, so seventeen total All Stars. The AL MVP when he came to join the league in two thousand one. Obviously, a crucial crucial part of that. Uh, 116-win Mariners team. He won AL Rookie of the Year that year, uh, the Stolen Base Leader that year. He was a batting champion. He has the MLB record for hits in a single season at 262. He's in the Mariners Hall of Fame. He will definitely go into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He played for the Yankees for three, two and a half years. He played for the Marlins for two and a half years for a very short stint um, kind of after he had faded. Um, But then he came back to the Mariners for a season to go retire, uh, and his last game was played in Japan. And I remember crying, watching that game on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, A 10-time Gold Glove winner, three-time Silver Slugger award. The dude had a batting average of 311 over his career. Uh, 60 war. He had an on-base percentage of 355, slugging of 402, and an OPS of 757, which is crazy when you think about his OPS was two, almost 150 points lower than Ken Griffey Jr. because he didn't have much power. But the dude was the figure for the Mariners for that kind of 2000-2010 time. Um, him and one other guy who I'm assuming will pick in the, in the next couple rounds. Um, and just really felt like he was let, like when I was a kid, as, my, as great of an impact as Ken Griffey Jr. had, Ichiro was like who I mimicked my game off of, I feel like. I was like a small anybody who was like small anybody who was small and couldn't hit home runs it was like oh I could be Ichiro though and just be fast hit the ball on the ground and get on base and that was just like the the guy for kids back in that back in that time you would do the iconic like one arm out bat up stance every time as a lefty that was just like that my, was my an thing
1: iconic stance yeah that one arm out grips the bicep and then releases I I love that shit
0: I think the Mariners might have the two most iconic like batting pieces of all time with Ichiro's like one arm out like kind of intro to the stands and Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing like I think those might be the two most iconic batting poses of all time Um, so yeah that's all I really got on Ichiro he's just an amazing guy he's still involved in the Mariners he I think he catches bullpens and is just like part of the organization he loves Seattle and is one of the most like stand up guys I think we've ever had as a city Um, not much else to say
1: that's great. Yeah, no arguing Ichiro. I was thinking about him as well. Uh, you beat me to him and Lynch, which hurts. Um, those two, Ichiro and Lynch, might be the two... Ah, uh, there's a couple other ones, but... are two of the most, like, Seattle beloved figures in sports ever. Um, and he was very great. And he was very great. Career a little bit stunted as far because of all the years in Japan. Obviously still competitive over there, but yeah. I, that, that stat, it's a fun stat, the career leader in hits, if you count the years in Japan. I, I'm not sure how valid it is.
0: Why would it not be?
1: Because it's a lot easier to hit baseballs in Japan than it is to hit baseballs in the NLB.
0: John, his rookie year, when he was 27, he had the most hits of all time. or not Not that year, but he had yep. the most hits of all time and won the batting title his rookie year. He would have done that at two, two years before.
1: Absolutely. The guy was is an absolute machine, and there's no way he's not going to be top five in career hits, no matter what. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying whether or not he'd be number one, I'm not sure, because I believe it's pretty close. Who is it? Is it him and Pete Rose? I think Pete
0: Rose, who shouldn't be involved.
1: I Pete Rose was an absolute monster. Yeah. But... I, when you say greatest hitter of all time, I, I would say Pete Rose. But I love Ichiro. Um, I think part of his charm, too, is the fact that he was foreign he was from Japan big J- Japanese population in Seattle obviously so that was kind of a cool connection you know he wasn't here for the reasons that most japanese people were here he wasn't like an immigrant and it was just the team that he played on but it was cool that you know one of the cities with the most japanese people also had the best japanese player um, and he was just like such like a sweet guy i think he also had kind of that you know, in a new country, kind of, like, innocence to him that made him just, like, really beloved. Kind of the opposite of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Like, people loved Marshawn for how, like, real and, like, kind of goofy he was. And people, I think, loved Ichiro because he was just, like, so, like, composed and calm and friendly. A really low-key guy and really beloved. So, love Ichiro. Uh, Yeah. I'm curious. So, there are two more MLB guys And neither one of us is going to have a chance to take both, I don't think. They're both too great and too beloved. Um, I'm curious to see. I I, I would like both so much that I'm going to go ahead and take another guy and just clean up whoever's left on that list. Gotcha. Um, So instead what I'm going to do is take uh, the heart and soul of the Legion of the Boom and the most talented defensive football player in Seattle football history uh, one of the at-his-peak best cornerbacks in the history of uh, the NFL, and that is Richard Sherman.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to go Cam Chancellor for a second.
1: Yeah, Cam Chancellor, love him to death. Uh, Earl Thomas, love him to death. Either one has a chance to make our lists. Um, and they were both more physical, though obviously they played much more physical positions. Mm. Um, but neither one had the talent that Sherman had. The guy was such a monster um, so aggressive so fast and unbelievable hands dreadlocks coming out of the helmet You he always knew who he was um, he I literally
0: won. just like kept people from from throwing the ball in one half of the field
1: correct correct um, yeah Super Bowl champ obviously three-time all-pro five-time Pro Bowl guy 37 career interceptions Um, wasn't on Seattle as long as you would have thought. He was only there for, from 2011 to 2017. So eight years. Um, but was just awesome for all those years. His interceptions per season, four, eight, eight, four, two, four, two. So obviously peaked there, but in 2012 and 2013, 16 interceptions in two years. That is absolutely ungodly stuff. Um, You know, When you're talking about defensive player stats, it always can get a little bit muddled. So if you don't know that that's a lot of interceptions for a year, that is a lot of interceptions for a year. Um, 16 in two years, 24 over the course of four years. Uh, The guy was awesome. Uh, And also, for the only championship in Seattle football history, he was the best player on that team. And that was a deep team with a lot of talent on it. But Richard Sherman was the best player on that team and obviously had the iconic moment against San Francisco, uh, getting up and getting that ball away from Crabtree. So,
0: yeah, no, I think Richard Sherman is like, I think it's interesting that you're picking a lot of guys who like had their, had their kind of peaks with Seattle. They, they definitely had some of their best times with Randy Johnson and Richard Sherman. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a great, great pick of that Legion of Boom cast. I think, you know, of all the names, I think Sherman is the most recognizable from those three. Like, Cam Chancellor's since retired. Earl Thomas has kind of had a little interesting stint the last couple of years. Correct. Um, and so Sherman has just been like, even after he was a Seahawk, he was good. And so as a... He was as okay. A, I mean, he was okay. But as a recognizable figure in football, I think he really held his own and because yeah, now, of that.
1: Now he's doing like NFL Today. Like Exactly. He's a smart guy, Stanford guy. Yeah. Um, really smart. One of the guys that just slayed the Wunderlich. Um You're right. And maybe that does take away to some degree his Seattle-ness. That recipe for, you know, just pure Seattle is have a guy play a long career and then just completely disappear off the face of the earth. Um, but that's what I have Steve Largent for. So I wanted to go talent uh, and like I said, the best player on the only championship in Seattle football history. So, there's something to be said there.
0: Yep. Um, anything else before I before I make my fourth pick and we take a little breather?
1: I think I'm good.
0: All right. Um, with my fourth pick, I am going to go with somebody who I think gets the recognition he deserves, but not much. Uh, Recently, I think it's been quite a, quite a long time since he's gotten his, his due. Uh, probably one of the very few people that you could pick from this Seattle franchise, um, especially if John's not going to take one of his teammates in his draft. We're going to go with Gary Payton.
1: Gary Payton. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That <laughs> came out of left... That hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> Gary Payton is on my list... Uh, but not not here um cool cool Gary Payton awesome
0: well so I, I want a supersonic I want somebody from all the all the key franchises that's great I got a couple I'm, supersonics okay <laughs> that's good to know that's good to know for the future of my draft yeah I <laughs> might have to adjust where I'm taking some people um but he was an NBA champion in 2006 not with the supersonics but he played with the supersonics from 1990 to 2003 so 14 years. Um, A nine-time NBA All-Star, all with the Supersonics. All-NBA first team, twice. Five-time All-NBA second team, two-time All-NBA third team. All of those times were with the Sonics. Uh, The NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 96. You might remember that as Jordan and his Bulls year. Well, Gary Payton won Defensive Player of the Year that year. Uh, Nine-time NBA All-Defensive first team with the Sonics. The NBA Steals leader in 96. An all-rookie second team in 91 when he started. Um, and he was—he makes the seventy-fifth anniversary team. He's in the NBA Hall of Fame as a top seventy-five player, uh, Pac-10 Player of the Year when he was in the Pac-10. Um, he has his career points where he's over the twenty-thousand mark. He's at twenty-one thousand eight hundred and thirteen. He's got over five thousand rebounds, almost nine thousand assists. Um, and I really like—I really think he's just one of the one of the great. Supersonics. I'm getting a phone call right now. Let me put my phone to the side. Um, yeah, a 46.6% field goal percentage, um, average 16.3 points per game, 6.7 assists, 3.9 rebounds. Um, and I feel like he was on one of the few teams that could compete a little bit with Michael Jordan's Bulls back in the day. I think if Michael Jordan and those Bulls were not... A super team, to be honest, I'm going to call them a the super team because that's kind of how they were before super teams were real. I think the Sonics may win a title during Gary Payton's tenure there.
1: That's great. Yeah, he was on, on some good teams there for sure. Um, in classic Seattle fashion, a defensive specialist. Uh, I do think maybe a little overrated in the minds of people in terms of his offensive talent what he actually brought to the I would team. agree, I would agree. Uh, what he was is, to this day, still quite possibly the best defensive point guard ever. Mm-hmm. Um, some modern guys would have something to say about that, but he's certainly on the list. A little undersized, but uh, yeah, really talented. One of the great nicknames, the glove. I was uh, going to say,
0: when you think of the glove, even though Kawhi has huge hands and people nowadays have you know defensive uh-huh. capabilities, it's Gary Payne.
1: Yeah, the glove. It's a great nickname. Um, But, yeah, did not necessarily bring a ton on the offensive end. Um, Just a bit of a jack-of-all-trades on that side of the ball. Um, And, obviously, never got it done in terms of the biggest stage. But, a a great player. I mean,
0: nobody on the Mariners has either, so.
1: (laughs) That is very true. And there's still Mariners to be picked. Uh, Yeah, I like Gary. And you're right, Michael Jordan. One of many guys that Michael Jordan might have cost a ring, so. That's very fair.
0: Um, with that, let's do a quick recap as to where we're at, and then we'll take a little breather. Uh, you want to run, run through your picks first?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so with my first pick, I got Sue Bird, the goat herself. Second, I got Randy Johnson. Uh, third, Steve Largent. Fourth, Richard Sherman. Talent, heavy, team.
0: Uh, I would agree, talent-heavy. Not very Seattle sports-based is how I feel after hearing those four picks. Like, obviously, Steve Largent and Sue Bird carry that load when you think of a Seattle sports figures draft. Um, my my four picks, uh, I got first Ken Griffey Jr. Second, I picked Marshawn Lynch. Third, I picked Ichiro. And fourth, I picked Gary Payton, well,
1: senior. <laughs> much, much more Seattle-heavy for sure. Uh, when we come back, I'll have my rebuttal. You want to do that?
0: Yeah, sure. This episode was brought to you by Puzzles. Have you ever not known what to do with yourself as you sit at a table in a cabin in the woods with no Wi-Fi? Bring a puzzle. Bring a piece of cardboard that's been cut up into a thousand little pieces, and you'll find yourself with a thing to do for at least six days.
1: Have you ever taken a trip to the beach but forgot to bring the hallucinogenic mushrooms? <laughs> do we have the thing for you? Puzzles.
0: Um, yeah, they just really get me going, you know?
1: I love them. Love to see them. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Coming back in what is uh, a good head-to-head clash, but definitely a battle of styles. Between yeah, your I would two, agree. Your two co-hosts. Uh, one talent-heavy, one a little more Seattle-heavy. Those were the two criteria, so we're both leaning one way. Both have a lot of Seattle and a lot of talent on both sides, but it'll be interesting. I'm hoping my last pick, I can, I can really take a swing on talent-heavy, not very <laughs> Seattle-heavy. But for now, I need to get myself a little more back in the ring in terms of uh, Seattle greatness. Uh, and I'm going to take a guy probably wouldn't expect. This is almost tough. But, no, it's got to be. With my fifth pick, I'm taking Edgar Martinez.
0: Okay, I was literally thinking as you were talking, I was like, man, I can't believe no one's picked Edgar
1: Martinez. Yeah, it's just tough because, you know, it's got to be Griffey. It's got to be Griffey one out of those. Between him, Edgar, and Ichiro, it's got to be Griffy one. There's a real argument between Edgar and Ichiro.
0: Yeah, I felt like... I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted Ichiro. That's that's okay. I appreciate you
1: taking taking Edgar. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, those two were close. Um, nothing wrong with Ichiro going first, but uh, uh, I'm happy to be able to wait this long and still get an absolute monster of a man that is arguably more Mister Seattle than Ichiro himself. Uh, Edgar Martinez played with Seattle from 1987. I believe that was Reagan's second term. <laughs> To 2004, he went from Reagan's second term to four years away from Obama. <laughs> and for that entire stint, he was playing for the Seattle Mariners. Huh, look at that. Zero seasons with another team. Not even in Japan. Um, guy was a monster. Uh, lots to say, 18-year career. I think maybe we'll just start with the most impressive thing that is still quoted to this day. Uh, you noted accurately what a monstrous hitter Ichiro Suzuki was with a career batting average of 311. That is amazing. Um, you know off the top of your head what Edgar Martinez's batting average is? It's probably like 319. 312. <laughs> Get one up. Played till he was 41, batting over his career 312. So. I, I don't think I would make this argument in reality but there is an argument that not only is Ichiro not the best hitter in MLB history he might not be the best hitter in Mar- mariner history um yeah just some of his most impressive notes 1992 he bat 343 for the year uh, and that was not his most impressive year in 1995 he bat 356. Uh, those are the kinds of insane, insane statistics that lead to a career 312 batting average. Uh, a little more overview, seven-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger, two-time batting titleist, uh, 2,247 hits over his career, 309 home runs, played in some of the biggest games in Mariners history. You were talking about uh, the... Uh, Ken Griffey slide, but it was often Edgar yep. Martinez hit yep. uh, that led to that moment. Um, the street. Uh, <laughs> Ken Griffey might have a statue in front of Safeco, but uh, Edgar does have the street. He has so more space. <laughs> he has, he has um, an, an entire avenue to himself, uh, which speaks to the appreciation of the city of Seattle. My aunt's dog named Edgar after Edgar Martinez. That's got to count for something. Um... And yeah, kind of Ichiro before Ichiro In terms of just how beloved of a guy he was And weird to think that they overlapped a couple of years Yeah Um, They feel like they are two of such different era Man, it must have been tough being a pitcher Against those Mariners teams Mm -hmm. Obviously, Edgar getting near the end of his career there But still still hitting pretty good
0: Well, and you have to think He started playing for the Mariners before Griffey And lasted through Griffey Correct And ended up touching Ichiro as well
1: he lasted through Jimmy Carter and George Bush Sr. Fuck.
0: No, I I love Edgar Martinez. Uh, he has one of my favorite approaches at the plate. Like, he's just all... He's basically, like, Ty France before Ty France. Um, <laughs> that is generous to yeah, Ty France. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the same kind of approach where he's just hitting it to that right center gap as a right-handed hitter. He just, like... I love the way that when he swung, his back foot kind of, like, came out, and it was all about just, like pushing the ball the other way and just taking those singles um which i think is one of the reasons why he doesn't have as great of like a statistical career when you think about his like wins above replacement or like the real statistics that the analytics guys look at right now um but he does have the designated hitter award named after him like he is very possibly one of the one of if not the most famous designated hitter of all time
1: absolutely um and you're right, I was surprised, his his war is only like 69. Yeah. Ichiro's career war is 60. Yeah. Which surprised me. And one other note, obviously, like you said, shorter career in the majors. You said 10 years, is that right? In Seattle? Uh,
0: Ichiro? or yeah, Ichiro. Ichiro was 11 in Seattle, it was 01 to, to 2012, and then another two years after
1: or something at the end. Okay, so actually, let me take it back, you know something crazy? Edgar Martinez played 18 years in the majors. Ichiro played 19. I always forget how late he lasted. Obviously, wasn't playing much those last couple years, but he actually played in more games yeah. than Edgar <laughs> Martinez in the major league. But that actually even makes my next statistical argument all the more valid. Career home runs for Ichiro Suzuki? 111? 117. 117? Couldn't remember the number that I looked at earlier. Edgar Martinez is 309. Yeah. So with very similar comps in terms of batting average and career length, Edgar was three times the power hitter that Ichiro was. Um, so just one little more notch over there for Edgar. I think well, one thing, too, about him is Ken Griffey was just, in terms of an athlete, like the stud of all studs. Just yeah. like that perfect athletic build where he could have done anything. He could have been a cornerback or a point guard or or anything he just was an athlete and then Ichiro was kind of built like like a jungle cat you know he was just like lithe and like quick that's a good word did you say lithe? I did that's a <laughs> T-H-E for the listeners um lithe, life and quick and strong but you know not that strong obviously not getting out of the park a lot but just built for like speed and efficiency you know Edgar was just like a pretty normal <laughs> looking dude <laughs> That's what I love about baseball, though. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think it makes him, in some ways, less memorable as, like, an icon, but I think it made him all the more beloved to the fans. They loved that this just, like, pretty normal-looking guy was just rolling out, batting 320 year after year after year. So uh, that's a long time on Edgar Martinez, but uh, I think he deserved it.
0: Yeah, one thing to note, and I'm just going to talk about this because I can, Ichiro has talked or has, like, been known to have had the power to hit more home runs, and he just didn't want to. Like, he literally was just like, I'm just going to hit the ball and get on base.
1: That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's
0: literally everybody that has talked about Ichiro back in the day was like, he could have done that.
1: but That doesn't make any sense. He just wanted to spend more time on base? Yeah, he wanted more steals. (laughs) If if he did that, that actually knocks knocks Ichiro down. That's like, yeah, Steph Curry could have hit more threes, but he liked to see him go out every once in a while.
0: Anyways... Um, with my fifth pick, because we are already almost at the 45-minute mark, I believe. Um, and we're not, like, barely over halfway. <laughs> we kind of have to speed it up. Yeah, I do have a basketball game in an hour and 15 minutes. You
1: know, let's make it five. Let's do five. Let's do there five. There are only a couple let's more see, guys. There's only one more pick.
0: Let's do six. Okay, we'll do six. Let's do six. Do six. Um, sorry, we just totally debated you guys into thinking you were going to get eight. Um,
1: Two, you have to fill in yourself. It's a... It's a Listener participation thing.
0: Well, we'll list off some guys that we would have taken. We'll give some That's honorable mentions. That's good. Some honorable mentions, mentions yeah. Um, with my fifth pick. It's got to be. I don't think it does. It has I, to be. But I want it. I, okay, so I'm between two guys right now.
1: I don't even know who the two guys are, but it has to be the one
0: guy. We'll see. I don't know who you're thinking. There's, there's still quite a bit of talent out there, to be honest. Right. I have... Right. After this pick I have two more people that are like in this tier. Okay. And so whoever you pick I'll just take the other one.
1: Well, yeah, well I hope you leave me the one I'm thinking of.
0: Um I am going to take one of the greatest linebackers of all time.
1: Bobby Wagner. Bobby. Oh, that is so hot. That bill you know, <laughs> when, when you I just kind of assumed you were going to go uh Cam played inside linebacker, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I believe so. I just thought you were going to go Cam. It's like, give, me your, give me your argument. Give me yeah,
0: So Bobby Wagner has played, and he's still playing Correct. for the Seahawks, yeah. but he started in 2012. He's played 11 seasons since then. He played his first nine for the Seahawks, or I guess first 10 for the Seahawks, and then the most recent one for the Rams and has since come back. Um, in 2014, he was fifth in MVP voting as a linebacker. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He was fourth in 2017. Um, The man was just like he's been just like he's been a Seahawks since for 2012 to 2021. Again, one year that he wasn't, and that was just because I think his his contract ended. And then we were like, hey, we want you back after that one season. Um, Super Bowl champion, part of that Super Bowl champion team um, that we talked about with Marshawn earlier. Uh, a six-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team, an eight-time Pro Bowl player, which he... No, he didn't get in as, a, as a Ram. That would have been very dumb. Um, two-time NFL tackles leader. The uh, He made the NFL 2010s All-Decade team. Um, he was part of the All-Rookie team his first season. Uh... Total tackles, he has over 1,500, 29.5 sacks, 65 pass deflections, 13 interceptions, 6 forced fumbles, 9 fumble recoveries, and 4 defensive touchdowns. Uh, I really think, like, you think of the Legion of Boom and you think of the three, Chancellor Thomas and Sherman. But
1: then there but was Bobby.
0: Bobby was also a part of those teams, and that was when he was, like, young. And so he hadn't been as established. There wasn't that feeling around him. But he was still him. really good but he, was, he, he was there, and he also, like, stayed with the team even even though he probably could have left like everybody in Seattle loved him and i think as a defensive like when you think of the defensive Seahawks figurehead i think there's Richard Sherman and i think there's Bobby Wagner and then you have Ken Chancellor and Earl Thomas sure but bobby wagner has been just like a stand up guy seattle as a city has loved him and i think i just wanted to get a defensive seahawk in there and yeah. i couldn't i couldn't take chancellor or thomas
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. I really, to be honest with you, I didn't even write him down. I did think about Bobby. um, And you're right, in terms of career, uh, Cam and Earl both burned out fast enough that it's not a comparison. Bobby Wagner has had an amazingly long and sustained career. When you said two-time NFL tackle leader, I was almost surprised it wasn't more. I think of Bobby Wagner as being like, the tackle machine of the 20th century that man is just stacking tackles um really really good um i think he never peaked the way that cam and earl peaked in terms of uh individual talent but he did sustain it better he was not one of the figureheads of that championship team and i think that hurts him because so many of his good years were on some fairly mediocre seahawks teams or you know even possibly being the best defensive player on some of those good teams that didn't quite do what we'd hoped they would do. Um, I think that works against him a little bit. But, truly beloved. I would say, he might be the first guy on this list that if you were to just ask somebody on the street, do you know who that is, you might start running into people that don't.
0: I think... I think you hit that with, like, Edgar. Like, we're, we're at the people who are, like, not immediately recognizable by the average Seattle that's, sports I, you people. know,
1: to be, going back Steve Largent, you might lose some people, but yeah. that's more of an age thing. Yeah. Um, Edgar, dude, I still think Edgar Martinez, like, just the name is pretty well known.
0: I just think there's, like, because he was there and good when Griffey was good and Ichiro was good, like, he gets
1: overshadowed by those sure. two players. Sure. No, that's um, fair. You might be right. I just, maybe not even just general people, but even just, like, if somebody's a big Mariners fan, they might not know who who uh, Bobby Wagner is. If somebody like really likes the Seahawks, they almost definitely know who Edgar Martinez is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless, I, I do love Bobby. In terms of career accomplishment, there's an argument he should be above Sherman in terms of how long he's been with the Hawks and how sustained his talent has been. Um, just not necessarily that massive. Big name, yeah, I agree. We're but really like
0: Could be part of the team that wins the Super Bowl this
1: year, you know? Yeah, I, I am, <laughs> I'm shaking. I'm shaking because I cannot believe you didn't pick this guy. I was just so certain. I thought you would have picked him a couple rounds ago. To be honest, yeah, I I've thought about it every single round. I'm a little more down <laughs> on this guy than I think the average fan, particularly the average Seahawks fan. I think I've just seen more of his flaws. Oh, you're thinking a Seahawk? No, no, I'm sorry. So yeah. Was, oh,
0: okay. Okay. I was like,
1: what? <laughs> no, no, You know who I'm taking. I'm taking the king. Yeah. Give me Felix Hernandez. Yeah. And I, I didn't really want to go three Mariners just because I, I wanted to spread it out a little more of it too. But yeah, the other guys I was thinking of, there's just no comparison in terms of the talent. And talk about a Mariners guy. How's this for a hot take? I think Felix Hernandez is the most beloved by Mariners fans, Mariner ever. Not not as many people know who he is, and certainly not as many people around baseball care about him, but in the heart of hearts of Mariners fans, particularly Mariners fans of our age, I think Felix stands alone at the top. Um, I would agree. Just, he's just so loved. He played 15 years from 2005 to 2019, all with Seattle.
0: Except for a little stint with the Braves where he was in like A or whatever it was uh, a couple years ago.
1: Sure, That oh, would have been after after yeah. he left the Mariners. Yeah. Um, 15 straight years with Seattle. Uh, I do like that my last two guys, 33 years of baseball every single game in a Mariners jersey. That's hot. Yeah. Um, so 15 years with Seattle. He was uh, Cy Young winner one year, it looks like, a six-time All-Star and a two-time ERA titleist. Through one of the only perfect games in the history of baseball,
0: the most recent perfect game right now, the,
1: to even to this day, yeah. yeah. Um, and talk about all-time Seattle sports moments. I still think for it might be the Beastquake because that was in a playoff game, but the Felix perfect game was was earth-shattering uh, in how massive it was. Um, yeah. uh, 49.7 war, not what you'd expect, a 3.42 career ERA, 169 wins to 136 losses, and that's where you start to maybe see some of the warts on the game. He Mm -hmm. was amazing, but he wasn't always perfect. Um, That should also just point out, Felix was a really good pitcher, and his career war was 50, and Randy Johnson's was 101! (laughs) God, Randy was good.
0: God, I really wanted a Mariners pitcher, but... I, I had to make a, make a decision about whether I wanted the uh, the Seahawks defenseman or a Mariners defenseman kind of thing.
1: Sure, sure. But, yeah, anyway, from 2009 to 2015, he was an all-star every single year except for 2010, which was one of the two years that he led the MLB in ERA. Explain that to me. How does he win six all-stars in seven years, and the one year he doesn't win, he leads baseball in the most important stat for a pitcher? That is insane. Um, But anyway, that one's more not as statistic-based. It's more of a Seattle pick.
0: No, I like that a lot. Um, We
1: love King Felix. In terms of all-time nicknames, just the fact that he was just King Felix was also pretty ungodly. Yeah. Um, Holding up the Ks for the King.
0: He's going to get a statue at Seattle like... Or at a T-Mobile, where with with the pose of him coming off the mound after his perfect game, pointing to the sky, yeah, he's just like, I remember that coming home. That
1: gives me shivers just thinking about it. My mom
0: that. was at that game. Oh my goodness! I remember coming home from from school, and it was it was a Wednesday afternoon game or whatever it was when yeah. they played at like one ten, mm-hmm. and I get home, and me and my buddy are watching the like pull up the Mariners game, and it's like Felix has a perfect game. What? And we just like sit there just in suspense for like an hour, and it was mm-hmm. against the Rays, and I just remember like watching. And just waiting, and just I can hear the call of like the announcer in my head,
1: and it is indescribable. There may be no harder thing to do in professional sports than throw a perfect game. What makes it so ridiculous? And for people that don't know what a perfect game is, a perfect game is a pitcher throwing no hits for the game, allowing nobody on base. Correct. No
0: no hits, no walks, no errors by the team. It's it's a team. A perfect game is a team thing for sure. Yes,
1: but Um, it also means that no Tampa Bay Ray put their foot on a bag yeah. during the 27 game. up, 27 down. That's unbelievable. And what makes it the hardest thing to do, in my opinion, in professional sports, is that the pressure builds exponentially as the game goes on. Yeah. To do something, you know, to take a punt return to the house, it all happens pretty quick. You don't have to feel it happening to you. Yeah. But can you imagine 7th, 8th, ninth innings... That takes place over the course of like half an hour, 45 minutes. You're sitting in the dugout at points. You're sitting while everybody in the crowd is just dumping nervous energy onto the field. You could light a match and start a fire with the oxygen. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, that game they won 1-0 too. It's literally well. Part of the good thing is he would go back into the to the dugout, and then four minutes later he would come back
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> the Mariners could not get on base either. They were taking good care of him. They knew what they had to do. Um, but yeah, one of I, the probably probably the greatest accomplishment of any Seattle sports figure ever is the Felix Perfect Game. In in terms of an individual accomplishment, yeah, even statistically, I, I don't think even Sue Bird's assist record is as impressive as yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm being overzealous. I just think it, it was unbelievable. And for that alone, I'm taking him. He was also really good for a number of years. Um, that's a lot on Felix. Yeah, I, I, love,
0: I, I love Felix Hernandez. Um God, when he came back to throw out the the first pitch for the for yeah. the game, uh the playoff game last year for like our first home playoff game. People were in
1: losing it.
0: Dude, I was like at home crying and I wasn't even watching the game. I was just like, oh, in my head, just like te- t- like on Twitter, just like tears.
1: Yeah. I think I think him and Ichiro are the two most beloved Seattle Mariners ever in terms of just like you're saying, Ichiro's last game, you were turning up. I you yeah. know, I did tear up. I love Ichiro. Um and anytime you're tearing up over an athlete, you know that you know they something special. So, with my, he's my last pick. I love him to death. Not the most talented guy, maybe on the board, but um, definitely the most loved.
0: Yeah. Shit.
1: Yeah, you've got an interesting spot here. There are a couple names. But...
0: I, yeah, I really think it's like a different tier now, though, in yeah. terms of like belovedness of the players and yeah. people. Um, I am going to take another supersonic.
1: Okay. Um, Tell me who you think I'm going to take. No, I'm not. (laughs) I'll tell you who I thought you might take after the fact. I'm not giving you any ideas. Okay. Uh, Well, so I'm going to take a guy
0: who played for the supersonics during probably their best stint. Uh, He played for the Huskies as well during the early 80s when my parents were in their teen years before going to you up um that man is Detlef Shrimp
1: wow interesting I was not I was not expecting Detlef yeah I
0: it's I, again this is a tough kind of situation to be in I like how neither of us really came anywhere close to taking Russell Wilson I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay okay just for the record guys I have a long list of names in every sport and we've checked almost all of them uh And I literally, everyone, it's literally just their first and last name. And then I have written Russ. And then in parentheses, no, with with six O's. I swear to God. I had to write him down, but I had no intention of taking him. Yep,
0: I didn't. I didn't either. I have like I have tiers one through five, and then a
1: sixth tier just for Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the disrespect. Um, um, anyway, but, yeah, go ahead.
0: So, Detlev falls in my uh, my third tier. This was so I never even got out of the third tier. I had two more tiers to deal with in this draft If we ended up going a little long, but I think the fact that he was a UW guy who mm. played all four seasons at UW, he moved to Centralia when he was in a senior in high school from Germany and then just went to UW right away. Um, just speaks to like how much of a Seattleite I think he was. And he's still involved in like the Seattle sports scene. You see him on Twitter talking about the Sonics coming back all the time. Um, let's talk. So he played six seasons for the supersonics from, Oh, what was that? That would be 1993 to 1999. So that was during kind of their peak when they were, they were duking it out with Michael Jordan. Um, he was an all-star during the during two of those seasons with Seattle. He was an all-star in his last season with Indiana before he joined the Supersonics. Um, and let me just pull up some more stats for him. When he was at UW, he... Um, oh, shoot, I've got an itch. His field goal percentage was point, uh, or 521, um, or 52.1%. Um, and he led them to a winning record, I believe, every year. Uh, in terms of his career highlights and awards he was a three-time nba all-star like i said an all nba third team in 95 the nba two-time nba sixth man of the year in 91 and 92 before he joined the sonics uh the german player of the year in 1992 as well um two two two-time first team all pac 10 his junior and senior year um and i think to me was just like an integral part of that like or the current Seattle sports sphere of like getting the supersonics back and just like keeping the energy or not, not back, but like, you know, might not be the supersonics. We've already said that once before, but being involved in that, like basketball still belongs in Seattle. And I think he's like a huge, he's a huge part of that. Um, which is why I think he deserves to be on this list. I think you could take some other guys in this spot,
1: but I really wanted to put that on it. Well, you know, I respect it. Uh, even more than Bobby, this one really shocks me, and not not to toot my own horn, I think I think it might give me the win. The fact that Delev is on that list, it I get the argument, um, but just to play devil's advocate, not a guy that's like a true not like a Seattle career guy the way some others were, um, and for a guy that wasn't like a twelve year Sonic or something didn't really have the accolades, you know? He was a good player, but third-team All-NBA was the most he ever did, which meant, at best, he was a top-15 guy in the league. I think
0: this is my Richard Sherman pick, you know? Like, I think, he, you know, Sherman's sure. played a few years with not the Seahawks. Yeah, totally. And Detlef's prime years were were with the Supersonics as well as Sherman. Totally. Um, and I just think, like... I wanted, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to take him because of his current presence and yeah. not necessarily because of his career accolades. Like sure. he averaged the thirteen point nine points a game.
1: Yeah, the Pac twelve thing helps you.
0: I wanted to take a couple more, like UW or sure. potentially Gonzaga guys. Um, <laughs> take John. Take. I thought take, about it. I thought about. it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you could have. We'll, we'll talk about a couple of those guys. We could have done for just like yeah, they were in Washington for a while, um, but yeah, the difference between him and Sherman is Sherman was the best quarterback in the NFL for like four years. Yeah.
0: Which is hard. I mean, it's hard to be the best small forward in the NBA when you are playing against I uh, oh I can't even think of his name. Um Scottie Pippen. <laughs> that is true.
1: That is true. Um, you know, I'm I, I like Detlef. I'm not gonna hate. A little surprised you didn't go with Earl or Cam there. A couple guys that I think or a bit more integral to the city, a little bit higher peaks, and also won championships.
0: I think what we should talk about now is give our honorable mention. Actually, let's do let's, let's do, do final the final list. list.
1: Do the list. People and get back to us, Shred Tyler yeah. on Twitter.
0: I will I will post a little poll on Twitter to, to let people vote if they want to. Yeah. Um
1: but yeah, thanks for giving me the first pick. I do think you're right. I think there was a step down there. Yeah. Um so tough not to not to get that. We it seemed like maybe a fifteen person list, but anyway. Uh, John Carey's all-time Seattle sports team at point guard, Sue Bird, the goat herself, the great one. And by great one, I don't mean my second pick, Randy Johnson, <laughs> who was certainly very great. Third, I picked, who did I pick third? Did I take Largent third? Yep. I must have. Yep. Largent third, I took Sherman fourth. I got Edgar Martinez and Felix Hernandez, five, six. Ooh, that's dirty. Um, And that's it. That's my team.
0: Nice. So to recap, the winning team, Mm. picked by yours truly, Tyler. uh, Number one, Ken Griffey Jr. Number two, Marshawn Lynch. Number three, Ichiro. Number four, Gary Payton. Number five, Bobby Wagner. And number six, Deliv Shrimp
1: those last two picks man yeah
0: I will say I just read this Shrimp became the first uh, German born NBA player to reach the NBA finals he was the
1: first one so he belongs more to the Krauts than he does to us yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, like I, I, I like that I like that left. okay let's get into two great teams thanks for doing that that was fun let's talk a little honorable mention stuff yeah um who would have been your next pick? Let's let's do let's do one more pick. Say say who you would have yeah. taken. It. I I was thinking Earl, but I think I would have taken, and this will surprise people. I would have taken Dennis Johnson. I don't know who that is. Ooh, tough look. Dennis Johnson was our best player on the 1979 SuperSonics championship team, mm. the one that actually won the thing. Yeah. Um, he had a very long career. He was with Seattle for four or five years, and then played three years in Phoenix, and finished with, like, eight years in Boston. Hmm. He is known as being the starting point guard on some of those mid-'80s Boston teams. I think he won four total championships, three in Boston, with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and those guys. For that reason, I didn't take him. He probably belongs more to Boston than he does to us. Yeah. But he started his career in Seattle, won the championship in 79, won finals MVP in 79, Um, And was like a six-time All-Star. Really, really, really good. Kind of quintessential 80s point guard. Could shoot, could hit the mid-range, could drive. um, Could uh, pass like nobody's business. Kind of the, almost the inverse of Gary Payton, where he was a solid defender, but an otherworldly offensive talent. Mm -hmm. uh, And got the job done. Uh, When Larry Bird had that famous, Bird steals the ball, Against I think who was that Detroit uh, to win that series? He had that insane steal with Detroit up one with like four seconds left and stole and passed it for a layup. He passed it to Jen- Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson hit the game-winning shot over a defender at the rim. Interesting uh, to win that series against Detroit and then go on and win the finals. So people always give Larry Bird all that credit. I think I probably would have taken Dennis.
0: I like that pick, um,
1: but not not a not a Seattle guy the yeah, way similar.
0: Yeah. Um I was between a couple guys for for my for my 7th pick. I think I probably would have gone with Sean Alexander.
1: Oh, I I didn't think about Sean Alexander at all. Yeah. I love Sean Alexander. Yeah. Love
0: Sean Alexander. Uh, NFL's MVP in 2005. Yeah. He was the, the cover of Madden 06, I believe. Um offense player of the year in 2005 obviously, three-time Pro Bowler and was just like the Seattle running
1: back when running was the thing. Before, yeah, Marshawn before Marshawn. Yeah. And undoubtedly had a significantly higher peak than Marshawn. Yeah. Never won, but he was on that team that went to the Super Bowl in oh six. Yes. Um yeah, he was there
0: till uh till oh seven, I believe.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um Yeah, Sean Alexander. Love that guy. You know, some of the old heads might have been saying we should have taken taken him before Marshawn because yeah. he had like 2,200 yards or something in that 2005 season? I love and Alexander. Didn't yeah. even
0: think about him. Yeah. I, I thought about him. Matt Hasselbeck, uh, the quarterback of the team that won the love first that. Super Bowl for Seattle. Or, no, no, no. The,
1: lost the Super Bowl. He never won. Yeah, he did. Hasselbeck? Didn't he? No, the Seattle has won one Super Bowl ever. It was in 2013.
0: I thought they won the yeah. Super Bowl. Or
1: maybe it was made the first Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. they lost to the Steelers that yeah. year because yeah. of some bullshit. They should have won, but... Hasselbeck, would we good. It's hilarious that you would have drafted Hasselbeck over Russ. Um, Russ is absolutely the better NFL quarterback and actually won a Super Bowl. But I understand. We both know why we didn't vote for Russ. Man, Sean Alexander, if yeah. you would have taken him instead of Detlef, I would have. I would have been rolling on the ground. One. I might have. <laughs> I might have forfeited. I love that guy so much.
0: Yeah. No, I really. I. It was a big toss up between okay. him and yeah, Detlef yeah, yeah.
1: at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's that's a great one. Uh, obviously, Earl and uh, Cam, I'm not sure what there is to be said about those guys. We've they talked were, about them enough already. They yeah. were awesome. Kind of short peaks is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, NBA. Kemp might have been the next guy up. Kemp would have been. He's a that. big figure. I like Stockton in terms of he's a Spokane guy. Like, he's literally yeah. a Washington guy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, never played here as a pro. You
0: know who's an interesting one? Clay Thompson. Wazoo guy.
1: Yeah, I, if you're going to do that, you might as well just take Stockton. Yeah, that is no.
0: I, if we got to 20 picks, maybe I take Clayton. Correct. <laughs> uh,
1: another very interesting one. This one I legitimately thought about, but I just couldn't get away with. Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, I think he we was, talked about that. We've talked about this draft a couple times, and we were like. Could we draft Kevin Durant? Like, he won Rookie
1: of the Year as a Super Sonic.
0: Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a good good pick.
1: And never and never left the team left. He stayed on the team. It's not our fault the team left. Yep. So honestly, there they may be more of an argument than than there than we made for Kevin Durant. I would have taken him in the next couple rounds because one of the best scorers ever and was literally a Sonic. Oh, it's so frustrating.
0: He's just wanting to come back. That's why he doesn't sign these long term deals anymore. Yeah.
1: The only other guy I had on my list, the only other guy I had, this was a kind of an out, outside-the-box one, I didn't do it, Clint Dempsey.
0: Mm, I had Megan Rapino on my list as well. Like the, Him and Megan were the two like soccer stars that I thought of
1: Yes. Um, for did, Seattle. Did she play for... The Rain, yeah. I did not know that.
0: And she's like the biggest representative for soccer. That makes more sense why
1: sports. her and Sue Bird are a couple. I guess they were both the stars in the same city. Yeah, I was really <laughs> on the fence of is... taking Megan, yeah. I I already knew what like just like a power couple that was. I didn't realize what a power <laughs> Seattle couple that was. Yeah. Um that was like the two all time Seattle women. Um but yeah, Dempsey, probably the best sounder ever, won the cup with the Sounders in what was it, two thousand twelve or something? Um I had it pulled up. But and was very, very good. So best sounder ever, there would have been an argument for him, but I don't think I don't think he played for us long enough or was good enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Another Mariner that was kind of on my next tier down was uh, Alvin Davis, Mr. Mariner. Mm. He was uh, he's, he's older. I think he was on the team when the team first kind of got formed. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he was just like the quintessential guy who everybody, when you think of like his, store, his history in the Mariners organization, mm. he's like the first person you think of. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of like first person Histories. When you think of like Seattle sports, you're not like, oh, the first Seahawk ever. Yeah. You don't think of them. You don't think of the first supersonic ever. But Alvin Davis is like the first Mariner ever when you think of Seattle sports figures. Totally.
1: You know, I just have one more that came to my mind. This will be more interesting in like five years, particularly if Seattle if the Seahawks have a really good run in the next couple of years. Really underrated, Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, I thought about him too.
1: He has like been putting up really solid numbers. He he never peaked the way some of these other guys peaked, but he has been like a top fifteen, top twenty NFL wide receiver for like getting close to a decade yeah, now. Yeah, and what's so funny too is we don't remember him. Like we remember it, but you'd never guess these days that like what he was best at was punt returning. Yeah, the the, rock, the locket rocket was an absolute insane punt returner. He was so good, and then he started catching balls, and we're like, "Oh, this guy might be a good receiver." But what he was first was just the best punt returner in the NFL. Um, obviously, was part of that team that won in 2013. He was on that team.
0: Yeah, I think
1: yeah. so. He was returning punts. I think it was him and yeah. But and has just been there working as a hawk ever since. Through a lot of down years. Uh, was the best receiver for us last year when we were good. And if he's good this year and with the Hawks are good and they make another mini run and kind of connect two great teams, I think we'll think of Tyler Lockett a little bit differently and we'll we'll remember him with a little more love.
0: I would agree. Some uh, some notable U-Dub players also uh, in terms of football. Warren Moon was like a U-Dub... UW- a UW guy who ended up never played for the Seahawks or anything like well, that, but as a good. UW representative, he was very good um, and was a great NFL player. I think he was the first. What I think I read was the first black NFL quarterback Correct. to make the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. I thought he was like the first black NFL quarterback. Like it was That's a very
0: possible. It but, was a
1: big deal. Yeah. That he was in and as good as he was, and because- he went undrafted. As yeah. Well. well, yeah, because Nobody he was, took them. <laughs> he was really good in college. People were just freaking racist. Yeah. Um, so he was very important for the sport. Yeah. And a, a good UW guy. Real quick, I just want to clarify Lockett drafted in 2015. So okay. he's not on the championship team. Okay. Kind of makes sense. I Feels guess.
0: like he's been around for two decades, though. Yes, it does. Um, Anybody else you have? I mean, Jake Browning, man, <laughs>
1: the the UW quarterback from a couple years ago. We are getting into the weeds but now. Why would you take Browning over uh I mean, Lock- I wasn't going to
0: take him. I don't even have him on my list, but I'm thinking Jake of, Jake like,
1: Locker was a bigger deal than
0: Jake Browning took him to the College Bowl playoff.
1: Locker won the Heisman.
0: Yeah, but he never really, like, I don't know. He was He's, a big deal. Jake Browning was there when I was at UW, I feel like is why yeah, I think of him. You know, yeah. like, Locker was the guy who was like, oh, I went to UW games when I was... 12. I know but. I know what your deal
1: is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could have done Zags too. I guess Timmy would probably be the Zag to put on the list. But the problem is, I think college sports, you have to also do it in the pros. Yeah. It's hard to say that you're like one of the most famous Seattle guys ever if you played basketball in Spokane. Maybe
0: Isaiah know? Thomas would be a good one.
1: Isaiah Thomas would be a good one. Um, yeah. It yeah. If you could get the one to one connection where if you like would have played for the Sonics or something, that yeah, would have been
0: That would have been, been crazy. Anyways. Anyway,
1: that's a that's a hell of a draft. I think I think we stopped at a good point. I do think even as we discussed it, there was a drop to that next level where yeah. either you're taking guys where it's like, yeah, they're Seattle guys, but they're okay, or you're taking awesome guys that are like tertiarily connected to Seattle.
0: I'm upset that I didn't take Felix with my tenth pick. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty
1: surprised, Hugh. I, I really just didn't
0: Felix. want to take I didn't want to have three mariners in
1: my draft. Well, and so I didn't really either. I kind of wanted you to take him, but as soon as I took him and started talking about him, it's like hell yeah! I'm glad I got Felix. <laughs> so I,
0: yeah, I can't believe Felix fell to 11th. That's that's tough on us. But we, we, as we said, we love him. He's probably has one of the most memorable experiences of all time for a Seattle sports athlete. It's um, too
1: late, you can't have him. He's on my team.
0: With that, we will uh, we'll sign off. If you enjoyed this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify at Sound Up Seattle. If you've listened to us, you know exactly where we are and you can hit that follow button. Uh you can find Sound Up Seattle on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at SoundUp Seattle all lowercase all one word. We have yet to post a TikTok, so probably don't contact us there. Um you can find me, Tyler, at tycart fifty, everywhere that's important. You can find John uh cuddling his bear that's sitting on the refrigerator right behind him. <laughs> uh we hope you have a good week. This is gonna come out the day after the fourth, I believe. Um so, and hope you enjoyed the holiday and uh we hope the Mariners are cruising. They might have just had a little turning point uh yesterday. So, we're excited. Uh have a good have a good weekend. Go Mariners.
1: Go Nerds.